0: This is an unlawful gathering. You must all disperse.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 242 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside a shy rack where the temperatures are dropping and the AI still can't write a good script. And from America's left coast where
0: some people just want to watch the world burn but others aren't happy unless they're holding the matches. I'm Ryan
1: Bemrose. Well, if you're holding the matches, you're having the most fun.
0: I was holding matches this morning on account of uh, what? What the fuck did they call it? The, uh, I'm sorry. F bomb early in the show. Warning! Warning! Content warning. Grumpy old Ben's may not be suitable for
1: people who can't handle their fuck. Grumpy. Yeah, grumpy old Ben's may not be suitable for children, adults, white people, black people, green people, aliens from outer space, or the undead. Oh no! The undead
0: is totally our demographic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. Um.
0: Yeah, we're 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 getting hit right now by the beginnings of uh, the the local news actually used the term bomb cyclone. Ooh. which is which is apparently a, a weather phenomenon that didn't even exist five years ago. But it maybe it did, but it got a new marketing name. I'm not sure right. what the hell a bomb cyclone is. A new what name. we've got is
1: it's cold. <laughs> and well, that would explain the way weather moves. Bomb cyclone there for you now. We are predicted to have about a foot of snow on Friday. Okay,
0: well, fortunately, we're not. See, which is good considering that I have to go out and drive
1: around on Saturday. Yeah, the foot of snow is not going to be any fun. We had our first snowfall of this season here in just outside of Chirac on Monday, and it was the very heavy, wet snow because it was still just hovering a little bit above freezing. But I get, was able to at least gas up the snowblower and make sure that runs because if we do get hit with 12 inches or so, that is worthy. 12 inches is worthy of a blow. Yep. I'm hearing it before I even say it. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to finish the statement so I could say just that, but you beat me to it. Like I'm, I'm listening and I'm hearing it. This but, is what I get for not interrupting right, you. Right, right. Exactly. It's like that you don't want to try to be nice to ISO bot here and not interrupt (laughs) while you're saying something that can incriminate you. You want to get a good ISO. Exactly. Exactly. So you want that. You do not want to have to shovel that stuff. You don't want to drive in it, but we haven't had a big storm in a while. So we're due. Yeah. I mean, I have been outside
0: with, a package in my hand with snowflakes going down the back of my neck. But fortunately, nothing's been sticking yet.
1: And the year. neighbors didn't call the police because you were outside with your package in your hand.
0: I, well, if they did, I was gone by the time <laughs> they got there.
1: This guy keeps showing up, and he keeps having a, it's, a it's package. It's really,
0: you know, just just roll up to a random front door, deliver my package, and then move on. That's, that's how I roll.
1: That's exactly how the job description says. As long as the AI sends you to the right houses.
0: <laughs> or you know every house is the wrong house sometimes. This is true. I don't know. I'm the things that I see more I I don't want to I don't want to go back into this, but apparently I'm doing it. The things I see way too often is there are still houses that have Black Lives Matter signs in the yard. There are you know there are a non-trivial number of houses that have the the rainbow flag hanging up over the front door. Uh, that have the 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 text that's like we believe in the science, and then goes on to show all of the non scientific religious things, like we believe that uh, you know, that black lives matter, we believe that all you know all rape is equal, whatever it is those signs say. They're all very confusing. And you know, I I, I have some discretion. Obviously, in order to keep a customer happy, I got to make sure that I you know, deliver the package and that I click the little thing in my stupid controlling app that says the package was delivered and then they get an email and everything. Uh, But in these times when it's raining like a mofo and we, we are in a a region of the uh, kind of let's just say a, a slightly lawless section of the country where laws are not prosecuted and therefore porch pirates are a thing. There are, Two major things that that I need to do in order to make sure that uh, your package is is delivered in good condition. One is uh, I need to put it somewhere that is relatively obscured from the street. And I need to put it somewhere that's not going to get rained on in theory. Right. But there's nothing in the app or the nanny camera or anything that checks those things for me. So if you've got a... Sign supporting a terrorist group right out there on your lawn, <laughs> your package might be delivered to you kind of wet, unless it's delivered to one of the pirates. Or I have some discretion, and and fuck people who decide to keep to live with their mental illness out in the yard. Right. I don't want to see it.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to know the insanity have, from within.
0: One house on my regular route that I have to walk by no less than three signs that say, you know, masks required. If you knock on the door, you better be wearing a mask like you're you're never getting a knock on the door. You're never. I'm never going to let you know I was here. You'll just Uh, mysteriously walk up and maybe your package will be out
1: front. See, I thought you would be the guy that would walk right up to the ring doorbell and then lick the package as you're putting it on the porch. I also... You know,
0: again, kind of arbitrary. A lot of times if the, if the front door is in a place that's really exposed and there's no good way to put it, what I'll do is I'll ring the doorbell to make sure that you know that you... So the, the person inside, if there's someone inside, it's the first person. Right. I will not hit ring doorbells. First of all, those, just the generic default, like a the melodic thing, is annoying to me. After about the 60th or 80th in a day, that, that there's so many people with ring doorbells. And then I guess this is an option. There are some ring doorbells that will talk to you. Like you walk right, up to the door. Yeah. You walk up to the door and the moment that the camera picks up that somebody is there, you get a mysterious disembodied voice coming from there that says, hi, you are being recorded. And I'm like, hi, your package is being bounced off your fucking <laughs> doorbell.
1: You start playing dodgeball with the package right into the ring door. If you have a conventional doorbell
0: that only rings. And the, the other reason why I hate the electronic ones is half the time I'll push the electronic doorbell and it'll ring. And then I'll have somebody go, hello, hello. I'm not fucking talking to you. I don't want to talk to you. Come to your fucking door. But half the time they can't come to their door. Why? Because they're not, because home. the doorbell doesn't just ring inside.
1: It's, notifying them on an app at work you can't do anything with this information they're driving down the expressway as they're speaking to you yeah 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 they're answering their phone while they're busy in traffic cutting people off and tailgating
0: because their fucking doorbell decided to let them know that there's something at home well you can't do anything with this can you i might have so given the choice again whatever discretion i've got I don't hit your fucking AI automated spyware doorbell. If you've got a conventional doorbell that makes noise inside, I'll hit that one because that means if you hear it, you're in a position to do something about it.
1: The society we live in. Now you'll have people watching from their phones from 20, 30, 50 miles away. Like, dude, I I see you coming onto my porch. No, I see you picking up my package. Dude, don't, (laughs) don't fucking steal my package. Don't come on, dude. Don't steal my package. You are a fucking ISO factory right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just don't steal my package, please. No. Now, do you get as a because I know you're like a third-party delivery system on the Big Bad when we get the the notification that a package has come from the Big Bad company? They ask, was everything good? And you can give like a quick thumbs up to the driver that allegedly. You know, tells them they're doing good and they say they pass it along to the drivers. Do you get that? Are you from a third party? So you never really see the I
0: I am from a third party, but my third party get that information. Uh, I have never had that information passed along to me. Now, I don't know if that means that it's all good or that it's all bad or that nobody's cared or what. I imagine that if I start having an inordinate number of thumbs down because people are like, yeah, this person left the package out in the rain and kicked over my Black Lives Matter sign. I mean, if I get a lot of those, then maybe they'll tell me. It's kind of like if I run red lights and I do it just once and they look at it and it's like, actually, it was yellow. Then they don't really tell me, even though they get that information. Also, I don't think I run red lights. I'm pretty careful about that, but. I don't mostly because I don't want to get smeared across the road. Right. Even right. though be, these vans are a lot bigger than most other vehicles, but they're made of fucking cheap metal,
1: cheapo. They, these things explode when something touches them. But anyway, but I always I, I, I see know. this and it's like I don't always now if it's the weather is inclement when uh, is that the word inclement? Um, when we get a bad right when it's bad, I will usually go in and click. You know, yes, driver did a great job and all that, just because. I figure you're out there working in the, in the crappy conditions, but most of the time I don't really pay attention to it because I feel like it probably doesn't mean anything. But we all know the people that are pissed off will always make sure their opinions are heard. This
0: is true. But here's, here's the reason I'm not really sure how to answer this um, I'm old, I'm Gen X. I was, we, we Gen X were probably the last generation ever raised where you don't do a job because you're getting praised for it. You do a job because it's your fucking job.
1: Right. Because you're getting paid and for it.
0: I, I am not part of the affirmation generation whose entire self-worth depends on whether or not you hit the thumbs up or thumbs down in your your app. I, I'm not. I, I don't. My life will not crumble if you give me a thumbs down because I didn't put your
1: package behind a flower pot or something. Right, right. It's an oddity. Ever since Yelp and these kind of things came out, jobs that were normally very anonymous became completely the opposite. As far as getting the feedback from the customer, most of the time people wouldn't say anything. A lot of times if people are slightly pissed off at a restaurant, they just go, I'll never go back there because they don't want to talk to a manager because 80 percent of the time the manager is probably going to be worse than whatever waiter you had. And,
0: and it's fine if yeah. you decide you if you got bad service at a restaurant and you decide not to go back to that restaurant and enough people do it, it over and over, then the restaurant goes out of business. This is how capitalism works. Everything works fine. The annoying thing is if you decide you're never going to go back to that restaurant and then you go out to social media and tell 80 people who
2: don't give a fuck.
1: Right. And it's a very weird thing because everybody's job is now being rated online by random people who there's never any proof whether or not those people actually ran into you. And there have been multiple situations where people got restaurants wrong, where they thought they were in, you know, just a slightly different oh, yeah, yeah. name. And it's like you're leaving. Terrible re- service. Uh-huh. It's like that one Terrible service. Was- they didn't, the food was inedible, and they didn't serve me right. And I'm like, uh, ma'am, this is a Jiffy loop. Right. <laughs> this is exactly it. You're in the <laughs> wrong spot. You're in the wrong place. I mean, AI can save us from all of this, though, right? Uh, yes, if AI can, you know, shut these people up. Oh, Maybe. no, it doesn't do that. Or, well, they, well, they'll just put out so much content. We'll never be able to hear anything directly from a human again, because AI will be 100 to one. The reviews, you know, for some people that
0: that's a worthwhile trade. Some people are all about that. They're like, I know humans. I will tell you, one of the highlights of my job is the fact that um, aside from the occasional. Idiot customer that I have to smile at, but then I can do give them the finger as soon as they turn away. Um, I do what I do completely solo. I, I have a mobile office that is just one. per. It's kind of like working from home, except my home is, is a drafty piece of sheet metal on wheels that people try to run off the road. You see, some people live in those, so it's fine. Yes, there are
1: plenty of people who live in that. I, I deliver to motor mobile home parks, too. <laughs> That'd be funny if you deliver to a guy in a van down by the river. Well,
0: I actually, there's one place on my normal route, which is an RV park. There are, I've been doing this for three months and for at least three months, I've been delivering to a few of the same people who like, they just have an RV down at an RV park that I guess is on monthly or long-term. Yeah. I mean, some people live like this. I have not actually been asked to give a package to uh, a homeless guy on the street yet. You'll get there. Although I have had one walk up to me at one point when I opened the door of the van and say, hey, you got anything for me? I'm like,
1: (laughs) somehow I doubt it. Were you being sexually uh, solicited there? uh, I did not slip him the package, if that's what you're uh asking. Hey, buddy, you got anything for me? We know what that's all about.
0: Cotton gin. It'd be funny if it delivered to another delivery van. You know, funny story. uh, As as a, a group who all kind of works under the same dispatch, we sort of do that. Uh, There's a concept called a rescue, where if one person finishes their route early and another person is struggling and having trouble getting to the end, and, and I'm convinced that this is not... This is not just company policy. It's also because the dispatchers don't want to, the dispatchers can't leave until the last van is returned. Right. They want all the
1: packages delivered. Yeah. They're
0: like the the last van needs to return sooner. So they take somebody who's finished their route and say, Hey, go, go pick up. And what happens is I'll go rendezvous with another van on the road and say, Hey, give me two bags worth of packages and then I'll deliver them instead of you. And we can both be done sooner. Actually, I could have been done sooner if they didn't send me on that. But you that know,
1: sounds like socialism to me.
0: It kind of is. But you know what else it is? It's it's called uh, one company who manages 30 plus drivers on the road at a time, and they would like to uh, operate as a company. And that is kind of capitalist. Yeah. pulling on the same I'm, string, helping each other out. Go I'm kind of taking taking my orders from my boss and my boss says we we. Communist uh, you know, comrade needs to complete all of our routes at once. Okay. You were trying to transition to to segue into AI.
1: Yeah, segue. I was <laughs> How, I haven't that work? been tr- transitioning for a long time. Yes. Hey. Why well, are we still doing phrasing? Probably. <laughs> I don't know what this show is all about. It's twenty twenty four. We did you hear, this hear that open AI COVID. got sued? I mean, it was fun. Did you hear that open AI got sued by the New York Times? No, but the New York Times is going to be getting sued by Taylor Swift, so it all works out. Okay, tell me about that one, because that's more interesting to me. Well, they came out with a 5,000-word hit piece that was questioning her sexuality. I did a whole Random Thoughts, which will be released today as well. Are they not in on the op? It's not enough. Well, see, this is where I'm wondering where the op is coming in.
0: Adam and John are convinced that that it's an op, but- Adam and John seem to be convinced these days that, from no agenda seem to be convinced these days that everything is an op. They yes. think half of the half of the presidential candidates out there are ops. That Taylor Swift is an
1: op. I don't know. But which is the uh, that's the question. What is the end result? Well, they might be right, but who's running all the ops? You know, I just find it to be very interesting, as it will be pointed out in the random thoughts that Taylor Swift. The big thing was her music collection was sold. Her record label was sold. And the company that bought it then turned around and sold it to a group that was funded by George Soros, which I would question, why was that done? Did he really want to invest in Taylor Swift? Or was this more of a play like, hey, we can give this to you if you play ball with us or kind of a blackmail kind of thing? I think- or, yes, I'm going to take a weird
0: leap of logic here. Maybe they saw something. That was very popular and they thought was a good investment and would make value for an investment group. Yes, that could be. And, and who owns it might be immaterial to the money manager. Whose literal job is make money for us and goes out and finds, I'm just saying these things do still happen sometimes. Not everything is a conspiracy.
1: No, but when the New York times comes out with a 5,000 word hit piece about, we think she's gay because she's dropping all of these little hints in her music. And I didn't read this article until this morning. Cause I'm like, I really don't care. But then I'm like, I need something to talk about in a podcast. The first like five or six paragraphs are that how that's pretty much how I read all articles, by the way. Right. It's like, I need to do a podcast. So I need like, to have I wouldn't some read news. Infer- if I didn't have to have something to complain about. Cause the news is horrible. Yes, it is. That's why
0: for my own. For my own mental health, I avoid the news, but sometimes you just gotta like people expect you to get out there and rant. So I'm like, okay, fine, let's open up in Gadget.
1: Yeah, that's exactly the reaction you have within Gadget as well. <laughs> but the first like five or six paragraphs were about a country music singer that was around a couple of decades ago named Shelly Wright, that I just happened to work for and run her fan club briefly. So I thought it was an interesting correlation because Shelly Wright is gay. She hid that while being in the country music industry. And it's very, very dark the way they wrote this article, 15, 20 years ago, that would have been career suicide. Exactly. Well, that, but they, that's how they start out with this because I mean, allegedly, and I think it's the truth, Shelly, Wright, She always seemed like a fairly honest person that she got to the point to where there was one day she just sat there with a nine millimeter ready to kill herself. Didn't do it obviously, but that's where this article starts at this dark place of another woman who was going to kill herself that was in the country music industry and then goes through all of this stuff, why they think Taylor Swift might be gay and why she should, you know, set herself free, if you will, whatever the terminology was. And
0: the, the term that just went through my head when, when you described how dark the New York times was, was uh, one that Adam Curry uses uh, trauma based
1: media. Yes. That's, that's awful. <laughs> It's absolutely horrible. And the question is, why now? Why the New York Times? Why? And it's there's no way that this is a positive piece for Taylor Swift. And no, I you already wondered, said New York Times. Right. It's like, but this is the left eating themselves because Taylor Swift, big advocate for the left, loves the left, does, you know, except for the fact that she's a uh, capitalist and burns more carbon. Yeah. And uh,
0: I, I think I think the problem is that even though. She was indoctrinated left and probably still follows a lot of the religious tenets of it. Um, she is a capitalist and she, I, I, d- despite what people around her have been trying to, I, I think she's smart. I think she thinks for herself. I, I don't know this for sure. And I don't have a lot of evidence, but that's just the impression I get. And people like that will eventually sooner or later, Start to look around and go, you know, some of this
1: leftist shit doesn't make sense. Yes. And they're using I me. Mean, they're using something that you cannot just be an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Now, you have to be a part of it. You have to be in it. You have to be gay. You can't just. Well, be-
0: let's just start with silence is violence. If you're not an activist for a progressive cause, then you're the enemy. That's that actually what
1: they teach. Yeah. And that so, is exactly the uh, you know the takeaway here for me is this is way more politically motivated than anything else because I think a lot of people are afraid of Taylor Swift because as you said if she wakes up within the next 6 months and says, "Ooh, you know what? These Democrats they're fucking everything up. I think you should vote for Donald Trump." I think her one endorsement could change the result of the election. And I know that scares a lot of people. You
0: think, I I think you, you give her too much credit. I don't think her endorsement is going to change all of the people's minds who are planning on
1: faking ballots. And no, that's true. (laughs) That is true, but I believe she has enough. If you were to take away, it only
0: takes a couple of corrupt secretaries of state to completely falsify an election. And I don't think even Taylor Swift is powerful enough to make them not do that.
1: Assuming you that's don't what's going to happen have the voter fraud is where I'm coming from with this because you're
0: correct. You if we have- didn't have the voter fraud, then Joe Biden would have got 81,000 votes and not the 81 million they claim. And Donald Trump would be in his last year. You know, people would stop having to care about Trump right. in It'd another 10 months because he'd be done with his eight years if they hadn't done
1: that. But I in you've been your banana sniffing. Okay, Biden. <laughs> you knew who it was. The impression's getting better. No. Poor, poor Joey. Poor Joey. But hey, you got to look when the New York I, times is doing a hit piece on a major lefty. It's quite interesting to me, but, by
0: the way, I have, to, I have to clarify something because I was. There are people who consider themselves to be on the left side of the spectrum, and, and many of them are on the spectrum, but that's not what I'm talking about here, uh, that call me out whenever I equate progressives, the, the progressive woke moronity with the left. And It is true. There there are a number of people out there who are liberty leftists, the kind of people who you could call classic liberals, the kind of people who would have been the liberals of the 60s, 70s, 80s, the ones who were fighting back against the religious right establishment and wanted nothing more than freedom, free free love, free drugs, free everything. and. That's not what who is controlling the left these days. And so, first of all, let me start out by apologizing to all of the classic liberals who want liberty and therefore, you know, for that reason, are signed on to the idea that, well, you know, we want a we want a knee jerk reaction against the, the conservative religious whack job. OK. I am for liberty and I apologize to you For lumping in you with all of the woke retards out there on the in the authoritarian activist left who want to, you know, want to make sure that you have total bodily autonomy when it comes to being able to kill other human beings inside of your body. But no bodily autonomy whatsoever when it comes to being able to keep yourself free from experimental medical drugs. Fine. You're not the same person, but if you are a classic liberal, if you are in that liberty left group, then what you need to do is reevaluate yourself and stop calling yourself a Democrat. Stop calling yourself, stop associating yourself with the party, with the side that whether you are calling it out or not, and most of them aren't, most of them are just keeping their heads down when it comes to the complete moronity of the progressives you are attaching yourselves to a Thelma and Louise car heading straight off the cliff which is the progressive far left woke retards yes these are the people who lead with their emotions who have never seen a logical argument in their lives for whom leftism is a fucking cult and they have all drank the Kool-Aid. And if you sign on, or I would argue, if you self-identify as a Democrat today, because the biggest crime of the Democrat Party, okay, the biggest crime of the Democrat Party is it's run by a bunch of rich, wealthy elites who really don't give a fuck about the public and are trying to kill all of us and are starting wars and creating, you know, sending all of our money overseas because they're trying, you know. But putting aside that, Outside of the top tiers of the Democrat Party, who are, in fact, basically run by a bunch of billionaires and don't give a shit about the rest of us. The biggest crime of the rank-and-file Democrat Party is none of them, not one, will step up and say, enough is enough. Woke is going too far. Nobody will decry the woke side of the progressives, and therefore— you are all complicit. Silence is violence, motherfuckers. If you vote Democrat, you are in a fucking cult.
1: Yeah, they're afraid that they'll turn on them, which is, again, the left will eat itself. You are not saying just because you're, oh, I'm a liberal. If you have a difference of opinion. And let me speak
0: as a non-affiliated independent. If you have been voting Democrat because it's the only thing you know and you suddenly started thinking for yourself and realizing that the party is heading off a cliff, we welcome you.
2: We, the non-affiliated people who are sick of both fucking parties because they're all corrupt, you have a home here.
1: Yeah, the things that are being pushed, which are completely the opposite of the things that should be being pushed, if you really cared about individual freedoms and treating people equally, you do not start basing everything on the color of somebody's skin or what they say their gender is or what their religion is. No, you're supposed to be treated by your character. Martin Luther King. Isn't Martin Luther King day coming around here again? Uh, it,
0: it, It always is. It's always less than a year away.
1: It is. Treat somebody based upon the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. That was he he gave a speech about that Uh huh. and he was killed for that speech. And what the left has turned into now. After we had a black president, so very ironic. That all of a sudden these plans start coming in where it's like, no, no, no. Now it's the most important thing, what you identify as, oh, you're a LGBTQ plus. That's more important than anything else. You're black. That's more important than anything else. Treat people based upon their character. Treat them based upon what they do. Treat them based upon what their abilities are. I know it sounds insane, but with the hiring practices that are taking these things into account, when this starts getting into things like airline pilots and brain surgeons, I have to ask you who you want. Your you know this
0: this whole argument you're making of treat people based on what they do and not their demographic group is you're that's blasphemy I know if if you're at least to the woke religion you know, if it comes and, and down to the is a religion make no mistake that, Oh it is
1: and, you know if it comes down to the fact that gay Asian guys who are over six feet tall make the best air traffic controllers, then hire only gay Asian guys over six feet tall to direct those planes please. That's not even what I want. What I want is
0: only hire good air traffic controllers. I don't give a shit what they are. And it if they all happen to be gay Asians, then wow, that is an interesting demographic curiosity. But don't let that go into your hiring decisions. It makes no, unless you can draw, unless you can draw some kind of solid rational argument that says being gay and Asian together make you a better airline pilot, if you can make that argument and back it up with scientific evidence, and I mean real scientific evidence, not scientism, religion, right? If you can make that rational argument stick, then, okay. Now, once you've got a causal, rational reason why being gay and Asian makes you a better airline pilot, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some weird gene that the color of your, uh, like, the the specific level of melanin makes your alertness in the cockpit better or something. If if you can make that argument, which, by the way, is completely ridiculous, I, I think. But I, I'm open to somebody making it if they can back it up with evidence. At that point, then you can say, OK, my gayness or my Asian-ness should factor into the hiring decision. Not before. I don't give a shit what statistical analysis you've made that, oh, well, it turns out that we've... Decided that uh, only only fat woke women are uh, good writers, and nobody else can write, and that's why we're using them to write all of our Hollywood scripts. No, that is a fallacious
2: argument. I know a weird gene, but
1: yeah, I know a weird gene. Wait, you podcast with a weird gene? Yeah, I was gonna say I know a weird gene. I was just gonna see if he was listening live. That way, now now I'll know. I'll get a message within fifteen seconds. Yeah, Yeah, like asshole. Unrelenting Fridays. Yeah, he doesn't even relent on Wednesdays. I know. Why would you? It's a different day. It (laughs) is a different day. But this insanity of oh, we can't hire you because we have too many of your kind already is absolutely Uh, insane. No, let's let's call it what it is. That's racism. I don't see anybody though. Where are to go along with the insanity? I want to know where a bunch of the little five foot Tall conservative white guys are. Why? Why are there no protests that aren't enough of them in the NBA? I mean, this should all be going up and down the line. As long as we're going to have DEI and we're going to have inclusion, we have to have. You know, where are the five foot tall white men in the
2: NBA? I want to know. I I don't know. I I I'm trying to imagine where. Like that is really
0: short for a male. Even (laughs) yes, it is. (laughs) And. Uh, people of European descent tend to be taller than average, and so I'm just thinking how many people are actually that short? I'm sure there are a few uh, you know if if Tony Cox wants to go out for the NBA, I'm sure that he's got a place for it,
2: but the NBA likes Cox I do, they kneel for it every time they hey i have
0: I have a philosophy I, I I'm I haven't given it enough thought. the, The kind of things that run through my head while I'm busy running through red lights is that I'm, I am starting to come to the conclusion that almost every ill that we have in the world today is like the, the most horrible things that go on, the things that everybody points to and says, society is broken in this way can ultimately have its root cause drawn to the fallacy of stereotyping. The idea, and and it is, it is so ingrained. Nobody, nobody has taught critical thinking. Nobody has taught rational argument anymore. So the vast majority of people, possibly even the majority of people who hear me do not understand that there is, that it is a logical fallacy and therefore
2: a false argument to say most people in X category conclusion,
0: you are in X category. Therefore, this conclusion applies to you. That is the fallacy of stereotyping or the fallacy of composition. It is, it is a wrong argument to say, because you are in a group, something that I have attributed to the group can be automatically attributed to you. Now, statistical arguments hold or can hold depending on the statistics, although which is one of the way, one of the most effective ways you can lie with statistics is because statistics let you get past the fallacy of stereotyping. But every single time somebody says, you know, Oh, you're white. You can't play basketball because white men can't jump or, uh, Oh, you're, you're Irish. Therefore you like potatoes or or any number of things. So many problems. It's, I guess this is just something that I want people looking out for in their daily lives. Look for any situation where somebody takes a characteristic that, that they believe about a group and apply it to an individual of that group. Because that right there, that action of taking a characteristic that you have applied to a group and attaching it to an individual of the group with no other evidence, that is a fallacy, that is a wrong argument, and I am absolutely convinced it is the root of It is the root of all racist actions. It is the root of all wokeness. It is the root of so many injustices in the world. You know, everybody crying for the genocide of all Jews because there are some, a a few Jews who have way too much money going out and causing evil in the world. Therefore, we kill all Jews. Well, that is a fallacy. It's also wrong that that's the kind of thing that'll get you fired as a Harvard president. Have somebody worse hired, I guess. Uh, You know, but the same thing is saying, oh, you know, a few Palestinians decided to fire rockets at our country. Let's kill all of them again. Stereotyping. It's saying you're Palestinian. You should die.
1: Right. It's identity politics.
0: All of identity politics is based on the fallacy of stereotyping. Yeah. Every every bit of it. It is it is dumping people into arbitrarily sized and shaped demographic buckets making your own decisions based on those buckets, which may or may not be backed by statistics, and then painting someone with the brush that you found in that bucket. And it's wrong. And it's it always leads to incorrect assumptions. And I think it is the root of most of the injustice in the world today. Also, by the way, it's. That The the injustices resulting in that um, were totally called back in 1996 from a fantastic essay called The Industrial Society and Its Future from Professor Ted, who no longer with us,
1: but was a goddamn prophet. Yeah, the internet has accelerated all of this stuff. The nonstop news cycle has accelerated all of this stuff. And I don't think for a minute that, It is not being done intentionally. When you see the video of things like the looting of the department stores, where you see 50, 100 people all doing a mob action, causing damage, stealing things, and you can tell, based upon the video footage, the demographics of this group of people I think that's partially being done. I mean, one, it's happening, but it's partially being done in order to continue to stoke the racism. Because it's like, well, look, these are all black. Well, of course. Doing it, so of course, all black. And wait, people media are coverage is disingenuous. I know. Surprise. News at right? eleven. But it's like the always the question becomes like, well, why is it being done? And and, and when somebody puts up footage
0: of that. Uh, yes the people who did that should be punished yeah but the people who uh, may have been standing around it
1: uh, just because they have the same skin color no that doesn't mean you should be punishing them too no and you I, don't look at that and go well because 50 people that happen to be in this demographic did this the whole demographic is that whole you know that whole as a whole is represented by that I, And I've got a great example uh,
0: of of kind of what you're talking about from my own personal experience. It it was from from the time when I was in a riot. And
1: well, you started the riot, to be fair.
0: uh, Not personally, although I was throwing fuel in the fire, quite literally. But um, I think I've told that story. But if I haven't, uh, I have. Well, I know I know I've told it on a probably non-recorded episode of Lotus Effect. So <laughs>
1: no, maybe it's due- part of this, it's, it goes back to your maybe college days. Maybe it's due telling right? it again. But it
0: was yes. Okay, short version during the college days, uh the uh, there there are lots of stories about why this happened uh like the fact that the my my college campus was trying to establish a policy that said that uh you are not allowed to drink anywhere on campus and because it was a small college town Uh, a school of 20,000 students in a town of 25,000 people, figure the demographics out. Uh, The university's policies pretty much ran the town too. And so they said, uh, you also can't drink anywhere on Greek row. Well, Greek row is private property. So go fuck yourselves. But that was one of the reasons given. And I'm sure that was the kind of thing going on. But what actually happened at the time was a party on Greek row The weekend before finals, people are about to go to finals and then about to head home for the semester, trying to let off steam, big party. Uh, It's at one of the live out houses. Then more people show up and more people show up. The house is only so big, it spills into the yard. Now it's in the yard. Now everybody can see it. Now more people show up, more people show up. Oh, did I mention we're at the very end of the semester and all these people are renting in their furnished apartments. And so they don't really give a crap about all the furniture they destroyed. So they grab the furniture, they pull it out of the yard. Eventually, the furniture ends up in the street. Now there's a party in the street, except it's getting cold because it's late at night. They're like, we sure could use some heat. Drunken people, hey, let's set the furniture on fire in the middle of the street. <laughs> and you were part of totally the Totally logical people. to a drunken right. mind. Right. Pretty soon now, what we've got is people standing around a bonfire. The fire starts going down after a while. People are still drunk. The kegs are not running dry. Just uh, suddenly people start gathering... Other people are coming in from all around in the middle of an intersection in the middle of Greek row. There's now a big bonfire people are bringing. I may or may not have allegedly brought uh, an old cum-soaked mattress that we did not want anyone using after one of our uh, handy handsy pledges got uh, anyway. um, What you guys were giving each other handsies. No, but every once in a while you get that one pledge, who cannot control themselves or oh. and cannot apparently find a sorority girl to fix their problems. So you end up with a mattress you put on a bonfire at the end of the semester. Not saying many more about that. Uh, there was one point where uh, a couple people grabbed a lawnmower and decided that they, <laughs> they didn't want uh, that one got pulled out, fortunately, before the fire got to the gas tank. Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, uh, another. Another idiot decided that, hey, we've got this keg and it's now empty. So let's throw that on there. Like, no, we don't need a shrapnel bomb in the fire. Thank you. That can be pulled out. Um, But uh, for the most part, it was, yeah, right up until somebody decided that their uh, party was too loud. The party was in the street. They didn't like it. They were going to call the local cops. Local cops came by and declared immediately. This is an unlawful gathering. You must all disperse. And of course, a whole bunch of drunken people like, no, no, we're not going to. And then Make the cops. <laughs> yeah. By this point, people, uh, you know, I, I was done. I was like, I'm pretty loose. Don't need anything. Fine. And uh had gone home. And while I'm home at at my fraternity house, uh, I got a call. By the way, this is before the age where everybody had a cell phone. So the this was still in the time when people had landlines. And so- the phone rings at the fraternity house. Somebody answers it and then puts the phone aside and goes get the purse. That's how fun, That's how getting a call worked back then. I know some of you Zoomers do not understand the concept of a landline. I get a call that says, this is the Pullman Police Department, and um, we need you to shut all of the doors and windows in your house because we're going to deploy tear gas. Ooh. The fuck you say? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, of course, I did what a... Responsible for attorney member Wood, which is I went and shut all the doors and windows except for th- from some of the guys that I who I didn't like so much, and then I grabbed another beer and I went out to watch.
1: Right. Well, you, yeah, you wanted to get a good uh, that's what you view. do. Right. Well,
0: this was nothing more than a party in the street that got a little bit too big, and the worst thing that was going to happen to it was a black mark on the asphalt. Right up until the cops decided to deploy tear gas into the crowd of probably 600 people. as soon as they did that, everybody scattered, everybody disappeared into the houses. This is Greek row. So we've got three story buildings overlooking everything. Everybody suddenly the street is empty except for a group of probably 20 cops in their best riot shields and face masks. Marching down the street in formation, full-on Gestapo formation. So, you know, like the fire is still going and they're backlit by the, this was straight out of every dystopian novel is a row of cops in shields marching down the street, asserting their authority on the people who are fine.
1: Okay, The rioters that were trying to burn the city down. It's not a riot yet. It is still... It is still yet. a party that has been
0: dispersed, but got out of hand. But 600 people have not left the area. For the most part, they disappeared into side streets, into houses, into whatever. The cops are now asserting their authority, marching down the street, holding up shields. They're in formation. They're like, yeah, you, that's right, bitches. You're all afraid of us. Come up one street, go down the side, you know, a big show of formation. They come down another side street right back past the original house, back toward the fire, particularly narrow street. And they're, you know, showing and there's still nobody anywhere in the street. At this moment, somebody on the third floor of the original house takes a big six foot tall stack speaker. You, You know, people, people in fraternities. Back in, in college, they don't have enough money for food or books right, right. or tuition. But God damn it, they got sound systems.
1: Yeah, big, big and speakers. Takes, they might not sound good. Sp-
0: yeah, no, no, no. They're all blown speakers that have beers poured on them. What It doesn't matter. Turns the speaker out toward the window and puts on the Beastie Boys, fight for your right to party.
1: Not a bad Blast choice.
2: it. And so the first note comes out, kick it. And suddenly, with these cops
0: showing all their bravado, look up and the air is filled with bricks and empty bottles. <laughs> oh, the now, riot
1: has begun. Now it's a riot.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Now the fun starts.
0: At that point, uh, you know, rumors start spreading like wildfire. We didn't even need cell phones for everybody in the fucking city to go, Riot on Greek Row, come check it out. Yeah, come party, everybody. Woo. And at peak, I want to say there were two or three thousand people up there. Uh, the, once the riot had begun in earnest, twenty cops realized that no amount of riot gear was going to help them. They retreated back to the university. They were over by the gym and the stadium at the university in a very defensible position. Uh, every cop in Eastern Washington is now full on lights out, doing one hundred twenty miles an hour toward the city, trying you know trying to back them up. You know, at peak, they had maybe 150 cops there, 3,000, quote unquote, rioters. Here's let, let me get back to By the way, the, the end of the story was it was uh, about three or four hours later. The riot ended not because the cops did anything to break it up, but because it was probably close to five or six a.m. The sun was about to come up and people were sobering up and getting cold. Yeah, drunk, that is what ended the riot. And drunk people don't
1: have the most yeah. energy.
0: No, drunk people have lots and lots of idiot energy right up until they start sobering up and then go, oh, maybe I'll go to bed. So that's how it ended. But during the course of this, and and let me get back to the original point, the thing that made me start telling this story uh, about demographics, because as far as the cops were concerned, all 3000 people on that hill were rioters. They all were guilty. They all needed to have some law thrown down on them. And the only reason why they weren't all prosecuted was because there were too many of them. There weren't enough cops. But here's what I know. Having been one of the people standing on there until I realized, okay, this is boring and went home and went to bed was there were a small minority of people, probably a couple hundred who genuinely were uh, uh, let me break shit I, I, who were doing doing rioting things I, it did a lot of damage i mean there was a decent amount of damage to greek row there were street signs pulled up there was fences torn down uh there was there was one car right outside of my fraternity house that it had one of those talking car alarms and <laughs> one of the ones with the sensitivity set way too fucking high so All week, this thing had been parked there, and every single time somebody walks by on the sidewalk a little too close, you hear this car going,
1: protected by Viper, stand back. Oh, my God, yes. During the course of the
0: riot, at the end of the riot, that car was on its fucking roof and good riddance.
1: (laughs) Was it still going, protected by Viper? I don't remember. (laughs) That's the video I want to see. That car upside down and on fire still saying, protected by Viper.
0: I'm, I'm... But the point I'm trying to get to is there were multiple demographics, multiple type of people in the crowd that a lot of people would look at and say, these these were all rioters. There were uh, certainly the people who were grabbing street signs and then running the street signs like battering rams through the plate glass windows in front of stores and then trying to go into the stores to loot the stores not a lot of uh, quite a few stores got their windows broken in this way during the course of this event, but not a lot of stores got looted. Why? Because this is Greek row. This is our home for the guys in the fraternity. And there for every person that wanted to break windows and loot local stores, there were people going, no, I know the owner of this local store. And we had, what I remember distinctly was, uh, Somebody taking a street sign they had pulled up and throwing it through the the front of one of the local uh, apparel stores, the one that sells all of the the university branded store, you know, spirit gear, whatever, the the rah-rah stuff. Right, like the bookstore. And, And about four people all try to go in and just start grabbing stuff off. And about eight fraternity guys, including a couple from my house, stop and go, no, you're putting that back. And a couple of them were like, no, I'm not. I'm going to get out of here with it. And, uh, you know, they 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 didn't parts of their face were more swollen than other parts <laughs> by the end of this. I, I mean, it was a real thing. And by the end, the image that I have and I didn't I don't have a picture because, again, time before cell phones, not everybody took pictures of everything. And thank God. Or there would have been a lot more arrests. True.
1: Yeah. The there would have it, ring doorbells everywhere. What I remember was a
0: row of about eight fraternity guys standing shoulder to shoulder with their arms crossed in front of the broken window, just daring anybody to try to go in and loot this place. And a couple people tried and got kicked to the ground for their efforts. I'm just saying that when you see a demographic and you're like, oh, that's 2000 rioters, just know that, no, what you have is about 200 people who should be beaten down, who are rioting. And you have about 200 people who are trying to protect the, their neighborhood from the people trying to cause problems. And then you've got 1,200 people or 2,200 people or a couple thousand who are really just there because it's a spectacle and they want to see this shit.
1: I mean, you know, you're basically telling the story of January 6th at the Capitol, right? I know, actually. You know, when you think about it, it's like this is why it is so vitally important on that story. To know, but I wasn't there. so Right, to know who the powder keg was, to know who the people that began the things were. Because as you saw in your case, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes one event. In this case, it sounds like maybe somebody threw a brick out the window, started a song, and all of a sudden, people are followers. That is absolutely true. People are followers, and they're just there, and they don't really even think about what's going on. I mean, granted, you have a better excuse if you're. I mean, it was, it was a
0: spectacle. It was the most interesting thing to happen in this backwater farm
1: town in years. Of course, people are going to want to watch it. You could just imagine the police calls too. It's like the town has been taken over.
0: But the the ones who you know, okay, there's the one rabble rouser who decided to put the music. Probably thought it would be fucking hilarious to start that song, "Fight for Your Right to Party." Okay, yeah. yeah, the, little, the people who threw bricks it was like
1: you know karma chameleon or something like the, that
0: the the first person who threw a brick yeah that person probably should be arrested every single other people who picked up a brick or a bottle and threw it probably you know okay that is a criminal violent act
1: not good the people who stood there no yeah i mean really when you were growing up every dumb thing you ever did with your buddies started out with a bunch of guys usually standing around going no you do it No, no, you do it. You do it. And
0: by the way, the people who threw the second brick, the third brick, the, the, you know, the first everybody but the first the first guy, that's evil. The rest of them. These are all the people who wore masks in their car alone because somebody told
2: them to.
1: Well, you got to get away from the virus. (laughs) Yeah, or the popo. Yeah, I can't get away. (laughs) I'd rather avoid the popo. But that's that's just me. That's just but, you know the funny thing is that I, it
0: being a small town and having been relatively well, having been uh, I was an officer of my fraternity and uh, because fraternities are the kind of people who very much attract the attention of the police, I, I wonder I knew, why. I knew a lot of these cops. I actually knew them as people. I, like, believe it or not, many of these cops were in fact human beings. Many, not, not going to say all. I'm not certain, but. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to see them injured, but at the same time, I didn't want to see them throwing their dicks around in the middle and fucking up a pre-finals party. But this is what happened because, you know, somebody at the very top, probably the mayor who woke up and said, I don't want a party going a riot going on in my city before finals. Or, you know, actually, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the mayor. It'd be the president of the university who's like. Well, we don't want these students embarrassing our university. Put a stop to it and then right. sends the cops down to get bricks thrown at them.
1: You lost control and then the response made it even worse.
0: Anyway, terrible situation for all and uh, overreactions. But uh, like I said, my entire argument is uh, not everybody in the crowd
1: was an asshole. Have you been a part of a riot of so, Let us know. By emailing us Darren and Ryan at Grumpy old And maybe someday I'll tell you about the other
2: riot I was involved in. How many were there? <laughs> numbers uh, well, numbers. okay,
0: if by involved, meaning like in the general vicinity when riots were going on, three.
2: It's riot talk with
0: Ryan I, Bemrose. I, I won't admit to how many I was personally, but there was um, do you do you recall the probably what nineteen ninety-nine uh there was a bunch of riots again totally pushed by progressives? Uh this this time, however, the progressive was against the WTO, the World Trade Organization in Seattle. They they didn't like the globalization that was uh, in fact, the funny thing is at the time it, it was all the lefties, the You know, the the whack job cultists who were like, I'm an activist, point me, give me a cause and point me to who to attack. And they were at the time fighting against globalization and against immigration and uh, trying to prevent all of our jobs from being taken away by illegal immigrants and stuff like that. And they had a riot in downtown Seattle. And I happened to be caught on a rooftop because I was uh, visiting someone who worked at one of the local buildings or uh, yeah, businesses.
1: On a rooftop with a highly Um,
0: powered rifle. At the time I chose, we were, we just decided to stay in the building until the, for one thing, the Seattle police department, much, much better equipped than, than a little tiny college town. So yeah, I would think. um, Yeah. So, uh, they, they, they had the uh, water hoses and rubber bullets out real early. And, uh, so that, that shit was cleaned up in a couple hours and we left another hour or two afterward when the cops presence Climbed a little bit and we weren't going to get arrested just for
1: driving through. (laughs) Well, yeah, well that was way before they were defunding the police. Honestly, I was a whole lot more afraid during that one than I ever was in Pullman. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's just insanity. You don't want to get caught up in any insanity because one idiot next to you does something that can cause you to become injured or dead. And you don't know what's going to happen. And if, if I'm
0: going to become injured or dead because of someone's stupidity, then justice demands at least it be my own
1: stupidity. That would be nicer anyway. That would be nicer. I
0: don't, I, if, if someone does something stupid and it ends up getting me killed, then I'd better be, if there's any justice, it's me that did it. It would just be an injustice for somebody else to do something stupid and I get killed. This is why, for example, I don't really want our current administration in Washington, D.C., to be starting world war three because seattle's going to get nuked and while i'm okay with that i don't really want to be one of the people getting nuked
1: with it yeah you haven't built your bunker yet yeah you i haven't get down moved to hawaii the... and built my underground bunker is that oh. uh-huh that's the place to do it man i hear i hear that's all the rage as long as you can swim ask G- i'll just take the bridge ask Chat gpt where the best place to build a bunker is it'll tell you uh yeah <laughs> Mars. Well, that might not be the worst idea. <laughs> First you have to get there though.
2: Okay, so New York Times
0: sued OpenAI. Well, wow, uh,
1: this was a, we took a long T detour on that story. <laughs> I'm okay with that. We got time to fill. That's true.
0: Um, uh let's see. New York Time Well, okay, let me let me go ahead and list the three lawsuits that all have popped up in the last week. New York times is now suing OpenAI for quote, write, Being able to write an article in the style of New York times. And that is in fact, the prompt that they gave ChatGPT. was, uh, one of the prompts that they said was write an article in the style of New York times about such and such topic. And they got an article that very much looked like it could have been written by the New York times and such and such topic. And while People who like ChatGPT may look at this and go, that's a great feature. The New York Times said plagiarism. Uh, The other example given in the article was when they uh, prompted ChatGPT with the first paragraph of a New York Times article. And then said, finish this article. And it finished. And produced an almost word for word copy of the article with a few words changed, like uh, cabs changed to medallions or priorities changed to key initiatives.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Imagine that. So I think what we have here is evidence that, uh, yes, indeed, a New York Times story was used in part of the model. OK, uh, it, does that violate copyright. The courts are going to have to decide. In fact, there's lie. Let's move on. Um, a class action, uh, right on the heels of that, against uh, from started by writers N- Nicholas Bassbains and Nicholas Gage. I don't know these people, but apparently they're authors. Apparently, not successful enough articles for me to, or authors to, for me to know what they wrote. But they, uh, you know, they'll be very successful if if their most successful writings are at all are um, are the lawsuits,
1: right? <laughs>
0: um. Naming Microsoft and OpenAI, uh, the complaint alleges that uh copy or that uh OpenAI uh Chat GPT is no different from any other thief. They are infringing our copyrights. And that that was the only the only quote that I pulled out of their complaint was they are no different than any other thief. Because of course it brings me back to the idea that copyright infringement is not theft. Uh if if it were then uh, buying media would be the same as owning media. And given, for example, that half of my digital library just got erased by Steam, I'm not really feeling like uh, buying media is the same as owning media. So the third was, uh, this wasn't a lawsuit per se, but it was a post on IEEE Spectrum, uh, a guest post by Gary Marcus and Reed Southern. I'm not sure who those people are, but they, their names were on the byline. Um, this, I thought, was a great example. They used, uh, this was for images and not text, but they used uh, Midjourney and Dolly 3, which are both uh, AI, uh, LL, uh, large language model image generators. I assume
1: you've used both of them. Are they any good? Uh, I've never used, I've only used stable diffusion, but I'm well aware of what they do. They're similar things. Well, using both mid
0: journey and dolly three for different examples, uh, they produced prompts for things like uh, uh, one of the prompts, for example, was uh, show me an image of Thanos infinity war, 2018 screenshot. And then they got all indignant when, what they got was an image that very much looked like Thanos from infinity war and very much looked like a screenshot that could have been in that movie. Now they admitted that it wasn't an actual screenshot for a movie. It was not a pixel perfect replica of any particular frame in the movie. It just looked like, again, the tool seems to be working. Right. And they think that's bad. Um, so uh, I'm trying to, there it is. I'm dropping a link in the troll room, which will also be in the show notes. The image here, uh, the, the image at the top of that article shows a bunch of things that were generated by this based on prompts that sure as hell look like they came out of a copyrighted work, but they were actually generated by these LLMs. And this is being used as de facto evidence that the LLMs are violating copyright. And I, I'm of two minds about this, which is why I wanted to bring it up here. Also, because I, I like slamming on copyright anytime I can. Uh, let's see. What what else did I write in my notes? Um, at one point they said, uh, they, uh, oh, near perfect replicas of trademarked characters was what was created.
1: So yeah, I guess. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these images and there's Darth Vader and there's Sonic the Hedgehog and there's Homer Simpson and there's Woody from Toy Story and Mario. There's no doubt. There's no doubt they are recognizable as
0: characters from copyrighted works. Uh, What they what they are not in any case is uh, I don't believe they are uh, any a, a frame. They are not a screenshot. They are not a frame. They are not a pixel perfect representation. Right. Of any copyrighted work. And that is ultimately where the question of copyright is going to come in, because I think that current copyright law is going to fall on the side of the LLMs right now. I would agree. And the the reason for this is that copyright there, you know, the Supreme Court held long ago that copyright does not protect an idea it protects a fixed expression of an idea and that, uh, derivative works are quite specifically allowed by fair use. And even if these things look like they are screenshots from the movie, an actual screenshot from the movie would be a copy of a copyrighted work, which is the pixels in the movie, but these aren't. And what this might be is an impetus to change copyright law to cover this i personally think that would be an incredibly bad idea and i've got reasons for this but i don't think it falls i don't think it's in danger of of i don't think it violates it right now but
1: there's sure a lot of lawsuits about it well there's a difference between copyright and trademark which something like Darth Vader, I believe, is trademarked when it comes to making toys, making T-shirts, and all that kind of a thing. So there are different protections in different ways because somebody will understand that Mickey Mouse is a character which is going now into the public domain, at least the early... It, it, ten days ago. You know, the early Mickey is now that That Steamboat Willie, Steamboat Willie. The the very
0: first Mickey Mouse is now public domain, which has resulted in a whole lot of
1: memes using that (laughs) image. (laughs) I'm sure because they're like, ha ha, Disney, go fuck yourself. You can't do anything about it. And it's working the way it should. But when it comes down to these image generators, the interesting thing would be, is it? Against any kind of rights? Do, are you infringing on somebody's rights to then use what is created because you can tell it looks like Darth Vader or it looks like Homer Simpson and everybody knows those characters and those characters have some kind of protection? There, there's and, two, two different things though there's that, which is creating things with it, and there's the teaching, the Language models or whatever these are called graphic models, whatever is inputted into the system that it uses to be able to create it is looking at source images. I don't think they're ever going to yeah. get any protection on scanning in the images or however they're doing that's,
0: it well, that's exactly what the lawsuits are calling for
1: yeah uh, in in almost every case, the
0: lawsuit is some copyright holder. Ed, I I would say content creator, but it's not always, for example, uh, the um, the MPAA uh, are on behalf of the people who the producers who did not make a movie. In fact, they only paid for someone else to make the movie, usually the director, the actors, the writers. But all of that was work for hire. And now the producers own the rights to it. Okay, so I will use the phrase copyright holder. The copyright holders saying And in fact, trying to get the law, the government to insist that these large language models can no longer use copyrighted works without specific permission from the copyright holders in order to train their models. And that that is in fact, they are asking for no less than that. And there are a lot of people out there saying, good, these things can't now. Uh, At the same time, uh, you know, OpenAI has publicly admitted that, you know, there wouldn't be a chat GPT if we couldn't use copyrighted materials to train the model. There's just not there's not enough in the public domain and there's not enough people giving their explicit permission. We couldn't do that. You would not have these tools.
1: Right. A lot of people don't realize anything you post online on X, Twitter, whatever. You own the rights there, to you're not giving away those rights. This podcast is is, in
0: fact, copyrighted automatically by the fact that we're recording it. Now, we release under a Creative Commons license, which grants enough rights for people to use it. So, uh, in fact, I, I, I don't know. It's not explicit uh, that I know of, but it would be interesting to know if if they would use Creative Commons stuff, that would be a huge boon to Creative Commons as far as I'm concerned.
1: But, yes, on what, what is eligible and what isn't. But, but you know, I, 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 my, my posts on No Agenda Social, I don't specifically
0: put any copyright notice on there. So uh, they're probably released as all rights reserved, which means that if you retweet me on No Agenda Social,
1: then you might be violating my copyright. Yes. Well, legally, you own anything you post. So there's without giving that away specifically just posting it onto a social media site does not mean you're giving away rights. So when you start getting into, well, you can't even go to, you can't even go to Twitter. Then what can you scrape? This is one of the reasons,
0: by the way, why there's a 200 page EULA for every social media site, because among other things, one of the clauses in there is uh, we know that you own this. However, you're giving us the right to do what we want with it. And you can't sue us for using your content because How crazy would it be if you posted something on Twitter and then decided
1: to sue Twitter for copying your thought? Right. It (laughs) probably happened. It may have happened. But it's interesting when you look at this stuff, because images are a little bit different. The text generation is nearly impossible to know something was AI generated. I mean, I think the images are still pretty damn hard, because, again, if you're when you look at well, that link that you posted from yeah. spectrum for anybody that looks at those screenshots, except for the fact that there's multiple yeah, homers, yeah, which, I was going to say that anybody who looks at this and goes, which episode had two homers and two Maggie's right. But if you look <laughs> at the Darth Vader and the Sonic and the Woody and the, uh, the iron man here with Robert Downey jr. Those all look very believable as something that could yeah, I, have been a straight I, out. I mean, image. they look, They looked
0: airbrushed and kind of unearthly, which to me is a tip off of
1: Hollywood AI. But at the same time, Hollywood does that to their own movies, (laughs) you know, and that look, and these are going to continue getting better, which also needs to be pointed out. These are still in their infancy when it comes to the image generators. So I don't think there's, I understand why Hollywood and anybody that right now is making money creating movies i understand why the movie studios are paranoid because somebody can go in within a few years and be able to create the next toy story that looks exactly like toy story I even mean, you you know then you can still get into the copyright and trademark of those characters but you could create something that looks just like toy story but with your own characters without so- having billions of dollars and people that you can automate it. I
0: absolutely understand why this would be absolutely frightening to the people right now who have nailed down a formula and are like, we can put out the same movie year after year with new characters. We can go, we can go to the catalog from the eighties and nineties and just do live action remakes of all of our cartoons. And we don't even have to pay writers because, because they write themselves and we'll just have woke Sarah from, or Karen from the newsroom that, to, you know, put some kind of racist vibe onto it and then we'll release it and it'll be a new, I mean, Hollywood doesn't put out shit that I want to watch anymore because it's so crappy and derivative. So I understand why, the idea that AI could automate this kind of garbage is so frightening to the people who up until now have had a monopoly on being able to money print and stamp out these summer blockbusters year after year after year. Right. Do you think that it's a bad thing that AI will eventually? And I think I agree with you. That, that these LLMs, if, if, if we keep up the iteration and also we solve the copy of a copy of a copy problem, will eventually be able to create
2: uh, the next Avengers movie. Is that a problem? I
1: don't think so. I mean, it's, so, it's one of these things that will help in storytelling. I think it's very cool from a technical aspect and creepy at the same time, That you can feed in, say, the original three Star Wars movies, the original trilogy, and you can then create new episodes with those characters that look like those actors who are long dead. Sounds like those actors. And if you start from just the first three, there's no wokeness to it. So they'd probably be better than what Disney's putting out now. Exactly. That would be much more interesting. And this is going to happen whether the studios like it or not. So this is another case of like, and we know the knee jerk reaction. We were around you and I, and most people listening when CDs came out and they're like, holy shit, digital, we got to do something. We got to have DRM. Oh, this has been, this has
0: been every single new technology and the established media follows the same playbook for every DVD came out, CD came out. Uh, the uh, A huge Supreme Court case, Sony versus Betamax, right. uh, every single time that a new technology comes out that makes content creation easier, and anybody who's too young to remember these older ones, LLMs are a new technology, but the disruption that they are creating is nothing new. Every single time, you know, when the printing press came out, when... When the ability, you know, when a, a scanner, a fax machine, every technology that comes out that can create new things, uh, when, when digital floppy drives came out, oh no, now they can store hundreds of pages of text in one right. little three and a half inch disc. Here's the playbook that every one of the big established media companies, and when I say established, they're generally huge corporations who up until the new disruptive technology have had a monopoly on some aspect of creating the media such that they get really, really powerful and can control what comes out. Uh, Broadcasting, you know, back when there were only four TV channels, if you wanted to be on TV, you had to be one of those. And then UHF came out and people freaked out. They're like, no, you can't add more channels. Now, any any local company can put out their own PBS station and put you know, there. Yeah, okay, that, that that happened, and then now we have YouTube.
1: Right, we can live so, stream. So
0: now, now you can live stream your video games, and people might want to watch it. And boy, you know, see CBS doesn't get a cut of that. But every time the model is, oh, screw you! My, I need to push to move the mouse more often. My screensaver come on. Um, <laughs> The first thing here's, here's their, here's their playbook. New technology comes out. First thing they do is they set out the word. And of course they own all of the old technology. So they own things like the, the media. and, And so big propaganda blitz. The new technology is bad. It's illegal, at least until we can control it. So the first thing they do is they smear the new technology. They smear all of the little startups creating the technology I don't know that OpenAI is necessarily a plucky small startup. Not when their big investor is is one of the old tech corporations. But it's an old tech corporation that hasn't been innovative in forty years. So maybe we'll allow it. Um, then the other part of that is that they sue the little startups out of existence. They're like, no, we don't like this copyright, 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 or or intellectual property. You have to not exist because we're you're not us. Okay, even if there's no even if there's no, nothing to their claim, they still sue and throw so many lawyers at it that you know, your little startup with a $1,000 operating budget can't afford lawyers. You're, you're done. Um, step two, the big established media company uh, buys or adopts their own version of the new technology. Uh, the third step is they use their pet regulatory agencies to establish government controls so that you can't have new startups competing with them. And once you've got that, once the big corporations who are flush with money but have been dying from the innovator's dilemma, because they're stuck with their old, once they control the new technology and they've created some kind of government regulation so that nobody can start up in the new technology, that's when we flip the bit on the propaganda, and now the technology is good, and it's part of every marketing blitz, and you should try it and use it. How many technologies have we seen that? set of of events on
1: all of them all of these disruptive things like you said from videotape to cds to dvds when you look at it now anybody that is creating content which goes on a screen or comes out of speakers which is pretty much all content can be replicated using an ai probably within the next 10 years to the point to where it will be professional and able to be done without the, you know, six fingers and the other artifacting and all that other kind of stuff. I actually think they should keep the six fingers thing. You, you like that better? You're just like, it, just like the uh, alien women with four breasts. You're like, Hey, more is better. I, I'm really just waiting for like, like
0: the six finger thing should catch on in all mainstream media. And pretty soon what you're going to see is people getting plastic surgery to get extra fingers right. added just so they can look like what they saw on
1: Instagram. Or- right. you got to have the six <laughs> fingers to be cool. <laughs> there's,
0: there's already that product that you, you can. What's the thing? It looks like it
1: goes on a finger like a ring, but it looks like an extra finger. Right. I, I saw that. Which is perfect it's, if you want to be able to trick those cameras yeah. when you're robbing or, your uh, Or when, your yeah, when
0: somebody takes a picture of you and you're like, no, that, is, that person has six fingers, that's obviously AI-generated.
1: Obviously AI. It's, now It's going to be interesting because there's no way to enforce what somebody could use to program one of these models. There's just nothing you can do. To, yeah. you, you could say don't well, do it. Well, you, you can say don't do it, and then if
0: if they, I mean, I would say that those images that I posted uh, or or the New York Times examples are prima facie evidence that, yes, copyrighted works went into the training of the models. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you can say, uh, I'm sorry, your LLM must be trained only on things that aren't copyrighted, and what you're going to end up with is every prompt looks like uh, a abstract pixelated steamboat Willy right, right you're going to say Taylor Swift is going to look out, come out looking like nineteen twenty seven Mickey Mouse
1: well, and that's what a lot of these things are trying to do, which would be to poison the well yeah, that's exactly what they want to do that's
0: the 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 copyright holders literally want to destroy this new technology. They want to destroy the industry this is This is step one destroy the startup, destroy the, they will, they will fully embrace it once they've completely killed all of the LLMs that they don't own. And that even includes open source, which I'm not sure how you can even do that because it's going to be tough, but we are still in the stage where the technology is bad, according to copyright holders, according to established media, and we must destroy it. It It is not until established media corporations control it that you're going to see them be on board and like it. So right now, and we're also, we're also seeing the regulatory part. Right now, what we're seeing is the push, and this is the, the reason for the lawsuits. The push is we, want, we, we don't want you to be able to use uh, any copyrighted material to train your models. That, that's actually
2: what they're saying. Here's my problem with it. This is how we train human artists, right? Um, if, if
0: if you take somebody who has lived in a cave all their life, or uh, you know, in a, in a woke commune or something, who has never seen a single Disney movie, never seen Marvel, never, and you tell them, "Make me the next Star
2: Wars," well, it's not going to look like Star Wars, is it? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Well, every human artist. Every human
0: creator, you, you, nobody creates out of a void. That's how you get abstract art, which, uh, well, fans of Picasso might be like, oh, well, this is the most ingenu- ingenious thing. No, it, it, it looks like nothing. It looks like something that, that a fourth grader drew by accidentally spilling a container of paint into silly putty. Almost everything that's created is based on something else. People look at other things. Musicians listen to other things. Authors read a lot. Then you take all of these influences, you mix them in that meat sack you call a brain. And you create something new, which is influenced by everything you've ever encountered. That's why the best artists, the best authors, the best musicians are the ones who have looked at millions of pictures in their lives, who've read thousands of books in their lives, who've listened to hundreds of thousands of songs in their lives is you have more things poured in. And that is exactly the same process. The only difference is that these computerized LLMs make it faster. They do it a lot faster.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing is when it comes to humans doing it in the music industry, there's the long-standing joke, which is, a good musician borrows, a great musician steals. That's yeah. the way it works. You, you take what has come before and then you improvise and you embellish on it. There's That's, very few people that are out there. There's very few Eddie Van Halen's that can produce a sound and play in a style that somebody can't easily copy.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of them. And they are the, in any field, they are the superstars. And Oh, by the way, the superstars, the LLM will never be able to reproduce them. The LLM will never put them out of a job. If you're really good, you'll always have a job. The people who are suing LLM companies are the mediocre ones who are turning out dreck. They're the ones who are turning out schlock, the ones who are turning out modern Marvel movies. They're the ones saying... Yeah, the stuff we create is so bland and derivative and copy of a copy and formulaic, right. That a computer could replace our entire creative team and you wouldn't know it. That's actually what, that's
1: what they're saying by filing lawsuits. Well, it's absolutely true. I mean, you mentioned once the watching, you know, with uh, doing your programming while having something like NCIS going in the background because you know every episode of NCIS starts something like this. It's like oh. We have a dead Marine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here's,
0: here's someone from the Navy who's dead. Okay. Now we, we have this beat, this, the plot beats. Once you've seen 12 or 15 seasons of NCIS,
1: they're all the same. Yeah. You figure it out. You're like, there is a formula here and it's okay. It's not just that one. It's not just that one, of course, but no, but it's that it's the entertainment, which is why. These people are so afraid because they know an AI can do the same thing we just did, which was watch it, understand it and go, hey, wait a minute. I can rewrite this a thousand times over. With the same beats using now, the same format. I, th- admittedly, I chose NCIS not because
0: I, I want to be intrigued by the plots, because like you just pointed out, the plots are formulaic. Every episode has exactly the same plot beats. I even know I can look at the, the progress bar uh, underneath to know, okay, there's 12, you know, 16 minutes left in the episode. So it's now time for them to accuse somebody, but get the wrong person. That's like, you just <laughs> right. know where the plot beats are. That's yes. fine. they the writers are consistent. The, you know, the reason I chose that was because that show was in fact, well, had well-written dialogue and was snappy and, and the characters were well-characterized, even if they were doing the same damn thing every single week, you listen to them and you're like, you could, I mean, they had hell yeah moments. They had right. a snappy line. Okay. So the writers are doing something, you know, the ones that I couldn't even, it doesn't matter how concentrated I am on coding. The ones that I could not put on would be like uh, big bang theory where it's the same plot every single episode and the lines aren't interesting
1: the same <laughs> and nothing's funny. The same any, jokes.
0: I mean, any, any show that the producers have to put in a laugh track to tell you when to laugh. Okay, that's so formulaic that an LLM will do a better job than your writers. Sorry.
1: Probably, yeah. And that's what the writers are afraid of. Yeah, and they
0: are. And those are the writers who are suing. And the reason why I think it would be very bad for these lawsuits to succeed is because they are saying that they are actually arguing for what I consider to be an expansion of copyright. They are arguing that copyrighted works should never be created by taking inspiration from other copyrighted works. Right. Yeah. You, you pointed out music. Uh, you're, you're familiar with the term remix culture, right? Oh, yeah.
1: That's huge the, now.
0: Some uh, Yeah, it's absolutely huge on social media, SoundCloud, YouTube, and uh, YouTube not as much because they crack down on copyright. But you know, remix culture kind of started up under the radar of copyright because it is arguably not legal. It certainly violates what, you know, a lot of copyright holders would consider the spirit, which is uh, to remix a song. You actually take the audio clips and snippets of the audio from a couple other copyrighted works, remix them together and create something new. And Anybody who listens to remixes would undoubtedly go out there and say, Hey, this is something new. This is something different. I'm glad this was created. This is, you know, this is a benefit to society. But it used copyrighted works to create. I I, I would argue that the vast majority of what is created used something that goes
1: before. And right. Well, this is where the technology has changed massively because. The whole rap craze when it first came out was also, in a way, remix culture because they were taking licks and stuff from other popular songs and using those as the music bed. Vanilla Ice, who basically got his career shut down because he ripped off Queen. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah, I mean, good (laughs) tune. Either way, like, really, both of them were good. They were catchy. But (laughs) the technology is there now with the remixing that you can take. Pretty much any song you want, throw it into a PC and have software say, I'm just going to lift the bass line. I'm just going to lift the drums. I'm just going to lift the guitar. I'm just going to lift the voice. And while it's not perfect, it's way better than it used to be because you used to have to get, somehow you'd have to get a clean vocal without all the music. You'd have to do all sorts of things. And I remember Dave, I think it was David Bowie, back in the day, released like one of these massive box sets on, you know, DVD or something like that, that let you remix the album. If you wanted to, it gave you all the individual tracks and like, Hey, if you want to do a remix, that was early on. Now you don't need the artist permission because all you need some software and you throw any song you want in and it'll lift the voice. And there's some very interesting things where you can take, you know, Tony Bennett singing. I left my heart in San Francisco, but put it to the music of Metallica's enter Sandman. There's just really bizarre uh, stuff that somehow and, and, works. Uh, there, are, there are some incredibly cool mashups that do exactly that. I, I,
0: I guess my argument to copyright holders is that if you have been doing a creative thing and made your entire career off of doing this one thing, and technology technology moves on and suddenly any script kitty with a PC and a particular bit of software can do the thing you've been getting paid the big bucks for years, then maybe you deserve to stop making the money on that because you haven't been creative in a while. If, if, if it's If you've been doing exactly the same thing over and over again for 20 years and getting paid for it, count your fucking blessings. You got paid over and over again, but you know what? Eventually, this thing called progress happens and maybe you're not entitled to just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Maybe you should do something new and benefit society by being creative again or slow down and get out of the way and let somebody who is going to be creative. Like you said, there is always going to be Somebody who is creating something truly unique and amazing and technology, which can only copy is never going to create, do like true creative stuff. So if you're, I guess my argument is if you're going, if you're in danger of being put out of a job because of AI, maybe you deserve to be put out of a job because of
1: AI. You know, I'm waiting for the big studios like Disney to realize we could just throw in our all of our uh, Mickey Mouse cartoons and press a button and just have it keep spitting them out. You don't need any people to do it. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. Yeah. You know, uh, as soon as Disney
0: realizes that they don't even need any of the woke writers anymore, because they'll just they'll just train a woke LLM on all of their woke movies. And suddenly they can create the next Star Wars for
1: every year for the next 20. It's all you need to do. It's all you need to do. We do not have AI writers here, though. No, no.
0: In fact, we don't have writers at all. And it shows we are a value oh, for value the, podcast. I wanted to call out and uh, let me uh, roll back just a touch. See, we, we have no writers. Do we, do. we have no director. We have nobody telling us where to go with this. Uh, yeah. Hold the,
1: hold the value for value segment. Please hold it.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to call out my last my, my final thought. And this is the one place where I see LLMs are kind of problematic. and probably needs to be fixed. Although I don't see how. And that is when you have a DJ come through and remix two songs to create something new, that person can then identify what they mixed,
1: right? What they know where, where they, they got their
0: inspiration. When you have an author create a new brand new science fiction world that's compelling and amazing, then you can say, well, what's your inspiration? They'll be like, well, I, you know, I took this from Niven and this from Henlon and this one from, uh, uh, you know, Stephanie Meyer, uh, uh, you know,
1: which okay, is an maybe interesting maybe question. I, I mean, I literally don't know the answer to this, but what protects the universe? Meaning if I decide to write a book in the star Wars universe, is it, I mean, it's, it's not copyright infringement,
2: but I doubt. Um, well, okay.
0: So let me start by saying, I don't know. I've never really researched this, but let me throw out an opinion off the cuff, which is what we do here. Maybe trademark again. Uh, it might be trademarks, uh, but I would point out that fan fiction exists.
1: Yeah, but not. I mean, there's a big difference from what you can post freely online and what you can sell as well, I think. Uh, Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, once you sell it,
0: I'm not sure. I imagine it's trademarked. uh, Because characters can be trademarked and uh, a a uh, uh, universe-ish. I shouldn't be talking legally because I'm not sure. I've never researched this. But... What I do know is that people will do it anyway, and what you have is effectively non-canon material. Uh, you know, for, for example...
1: Well, oh, yeah, there was a whole uh, Star three, Trek movie that was made yeah, that was out of canon. Was a three, three
0: Star Wars movies came out, and they were canon. And then a whole bunch of books came out, building an entire extended, deep, rich universe. And they were all canon for a while.
2: Mm,
0: and then... And then George Lucas came out and said, actually only the movies are canon and then made a bunch of garbage and took it in another direction.
2: But...
1: And they I, made a bunch of money selling it to Disney.
2: I don't know. Maybe it, I'm not sure who gets to decide that. Interesting. But my, my point
0: about the source though is, and this is the one place where an LLM I think is a problem, is uh, right now they're a black box. Even the engineers don't have any clue... When you give an LLM a prompt, you know you can you can give an LLM a prompt like uh, you know show me Iron Man, right? And you've got a pretty good and it, if it gives you a picture of Robert Downey Jr., then you're pretty confident it came from one of those movies, right? Oh yeah, but but they don't know. They they there there really is no path that anybody no output from the program that traces out where an LLM sourced it. No, that's not not to say it's impossible, but it would be incredibly difficult technically to do that. Right. And because it's producing
1: something new,
0: I, 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 it is arguable that when you, you know, when you create something, you, I can see the argument that says you should be able to point to what was used, what this is a derivative of. I don't think there's any doubt the way the LLMs work, looking at the algorithms, you know, this is a derivative work. And as a derivative work, it
1: very likely falls under fair use. But a derivative of what? Nobody can answer that question. No, because everything goes into it. But as you said, that's how we train people. That's now. how we train people, too. So when somebody maybe comes that's in reasonable, and, you know, Disney hires somebody and says make a Star Wars movie. You're, you're right. They better be very familiar with what Star Wars looks like.
0: Yeah. Or, or they're not, which is something Hollywood loves to do is they'll, they'll reboot a franchise with somebody who will proudly say, oh, I never watched any of the originals. I feel like I'm going in a new direction. That's uh-huh. how you know it sucks.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hollywood sucks. Like, well, then I'm never
0: going to need to see your reboot because you're going to tear all of my nostalgia, a new one.
1: Is there ever been a reboot that was better than the original?
0: Well, sometimes when we reboot
1: Grumpy Old Ben's, it comes back better than usual. It always comes back stronger. It's kind of like a yes. disease. It comes back grumpier. comes back. I mean, I guess, you know, I haven't watched yet. I feel uh, like my nerd card should be lifted. It's in the queue, but I have never watched the new Battlestar Galactica. And I realize when I'm saying. New. I mean, like came out what uh, new like 2003. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's right it's in the queue it's right there it's waiting i remember seeing the original with lauren michael or yeah lauren michaels right that was the guy's name lauren uh, uh, no sure the the guy that played the old guy adama lauren uh, okay right? lord I, michaels, I, I, yeah,
0: it, I think believe it or not the original Battlestar galactica was a little bit before my time yeah yes um, it was a classic even worse than that was the fact that um If you recall, I have admitted on this show that I never got to watch TV when I was a kid because we did not have cable and we only had one TV that the -the over-the-air antenna went into and my dad, who uh, at the time I was frustrated with him for this, but he was always watching it and I thought that was so unfair because I wanted to watch stuff sometimes too, but now I'm actually thanking him because I'm not a slave to that kind of
1: popular media. Your brain isn't mush. Well, I don't know about that. I just had to use video <laughs> games instead of TV. That'll do it. But I'll check it out, Cotton Gin. I will watch the Battlestar Galactica's. You know, I also if, downloaded V. Remember <laughs> V, the miniseries with a. Freddy I liked Kruger? that one. Yeah. The no, my my dad wanted to watch that one, so we watched it. I remember the uh, the evil dark hair. Re- you know they remade woman. that one too. Yeah, they did. They. The, yeah, the, the lizard people with the
0: latex peeling off their face, that image scarred me back yeah.
1: then. Yeah, because otherwise the chick was hot, and then she was a yeah. lizard, and it was like, whoa! And what what people don't
0: realize was that it actually was uh, prophetic. Yes. That's,
1: that's the people running our government today. Digi Guru says I should watch the movie called Idiocracy. I'm not familiar with that one, but I'll, I'll look for it.
0: Yeah. I will tell you the the new Battlestar Galactica, not having seen like I've seen episodes of the old one, but the the 2003 remake, having not seen the original, and therefore let's just say taking it as as a new thing that is not attached to the old thing, which is generally the best way to watch remakes if you want to have a chance at enjoying them.
1: Yeah, because from what I understand, I mean the original was very much a schlocky kids show trying to capitalize on the Star Wars. Thing. Well,
0: Here's here's. Yeah, well, that might be. Here's what I'll tell you about the 2003 remake of Battlestar Galactica. The first season was fantastic. Uh, the second and third seasons were not bad if you were invested, but some of the plot lines you are like, what the hell's going on? Uh, the fourth season.
2: I would say that they did a piss poor job of wrapping it up, but I don't think they wrapped it up.
0: Um, They just, I think what the, the, it, it suffered from what I see a lot of shows do, which is flagging ratings in their later season. And so they're like, Oh shit, let's tie up all of our loose end plot points. And then they don't do it. Right. And, and then they come to a conclusion and then, and then the, all the plot points are supposed to be tied up in the very last episode. And then you look at this and go, They didn't really explain anything. And I have no idea what this episode was about or what the fuck just happened. And then that's the end.
1: That's good TV right there. It's like the Sopranos fade to black. That's that's how TV works. Fade to black. (laughs) They make your brain turn to mush and then they fade to black, which is why you're listening to a podcast right now. Yes, we're already faded. Hopefully you are not listening at anything faster than 1.0 speed to get the dulcet tones of Ryan Bemrose right into your ear holes. But we are a value for value show, which means we put them out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to decide if you want to help support this show or not. If you got any value out of it whatsoever. Is it a, you know, what a pizza's worth of value, but a pizza the other night, 30 bucks. What the hell? What uh, the hell? I know. It's like that's it's insane prices on stuff. So, I mean, is it a pizza? Is it a latte? That's, that's like Uber Eats prices. I know. And then they want to tip on top of that. So that's why I never yeah. use Uber Eats. Those damn delivery drivers. I hate them all.
0: Yeah. I hate anybody who anybody who brings you
1: goods and services in exchange for money. Kid dirty capitalists. You should not allow them anywhere near your home. Now, I did you. I have to that, find that's out. fine.
0: You can you can keep them away by putting up a Black Lives Matter sign in your yard.
1: I want to know if uh, Sir Robertson of two sticks, he sent me a nice Christmas card. I was very happy with that. And as I believe I mentioned on the last show, the local mail showed that your Christmas card was supposed to be coming as well, and it never showed up in the P.O. box. So I want to know if that went back to him. I'm just curious if because it was addressed to you, if our well, it, little post office actually went, this guy shouldn't be in this P.O. box and returned it, or if it just totally got lost. I don't know. Just curious. It, on that it didn't one. show
0: up here, which is good because that would be creepy as hell
1: right it's like if the, if the government knew where to send it that would be a little bit odd but i also got a christmas card from uh the out in your area there and they I also got a message that they wanted to like hook up with you now that you're in the in the delivery brethren you know Uh-oh. the uh um what, yeah this what? doesn't sound creepy or anything <laughs> no is, isn't it you know, the, uh, why am I forgetting the names? I have to grab the, the card. the, the two UPS drivers that with the cool names, uh, uh, that are, oh, uh oh, uh, you know who lady, yeah, uh, uh, lady get, get over, over it. it. Yeah. In hopscotch. In hopscotch. hopscotch.
0: Yes. I know them.
1: They're I've, like, I've oh. been
0: to meetups with them. Then they like you, which is very, very really weird. Yeah. Which means they didn't really, they, they don't really know me. They didn't get to know you.
1: But they said a beautiful Christmas card with their little baby and his UPS oh, wow. cap. It was so precious. We thank them for helping brighten the Christmas uh, time, especially once I got the, the covids. You know, it was like this was it was nice. It was nice. You mean, but, you mean a cold? Yeah, well, it, a cold with a fever. I'll give it that. Know. You, you,
0: can, you, can have, you can have had COVID on some other show. On this show, you it's had a cold. cold. It's
1: a cold with a fever. And that was like, you might've had the flu, you know, that still exists. It does. It does. And here's what I'll say. I was just tired. That was it. And I remember this hit me on Wednesday and I asked my buddy Fletcher to do the pre-show on Thursday, which I was happy because I totally slept through that. And then by Sunday, I'm like, well, I could do the show. I'll be fine. And I was just like sweating my ass off. (laughs) I know the show probably sucked and I barely remember doing the show now. Well, I know the show probably sucked, but I didn't listen to it. It was a totally different reason for that. (laughs) But I was just like afterwards, I was like, this wasn't a good idea. And then I just went back to sleep again. So it took like a week and then it was fine. That's reasonable. Yeah. You know, for not yeah. being not being yeah, seasonal flu be like that, uh-huh, not being <laughs> back since the uh, the J&J shot, which was now what, three years ago, four years Been a while. Yeah. And, it and,
0: and it's, of course, you know, for that, that shot was for about six variants
1: ago. Yes. You know, and my parents also did not get a booster and they both got the COVID and my dad had a little. No, cough. they didn't. None I'm none sure sorry, they, they didn't cold. OK. Or the flu. And, you know, it took them a little bit longer to get over it, but no. Yes. No yes. Massive. Older people
0: do take longer to get over disease. That, that's yeah. how it works. And it's like, it just,
1: yeah. okay, just do your thing. You don't need, you don't need, you don't need to keep putting the poison into your system in order. No, to Oh, I think you're better anything. off if you don't. Yeah. To, to, to prevent the thing that is uh, a <clears throat> cold or flu. Now cherish your immune system. If, if, well, uh, also eat healthy.
0: Exercise, you will have a working immune system. Cherish it and trust it. it. Your human immune systems have been dealing with seasonal cold and flu for thousands of years. The human body is pretty good at it without needing to inject
1: things. Oh, oh. Um, NetNed tested positive for not believing in testing. So I'm, I wish him well. i We can't have that kind of positivity on this show. Get plenty of rest, NetNed plenty of liquid specifically beer and whiskey and you'll be fine but we have a few people to thank for today's show including jay codicini came in with 50 bucks said merry christmas and that was from the week of christmas and it was a merry christmas Rose already got his half of that that's how fast this is he's getting paid before it's even on the show it's amazing well i didn't well your wife did (laughs) that's I mean, this is the greatest system at least i control my podcasting funds and your wife just gets them and she's like oh yeah ryan um I i mean let's let's be clear uh she has me by the balls anyway i mean she's like don't tell ryan what he's earning to do this show yeah i mean what you're making millions you don't even know it She's just like, no, just funnel it all to me. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah. And, and so she's like, oh, I'm sorry. We can't really afford your new, your new
1: graphics card today. Right. <laughs> she drives up in a brand new. Maybe course.
0: if you podcast it a
1: little bit harder. Uh-huh. Work a little bit more. Yeah. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley with his $25 a month. That's been coming in for a long time, my friend. We appreciate that. We need to get some grumpy old Ben's mugs. Although, after all of the Bad Planet Rage mugs, I don't know if I would do it through uh, the, uh, the same people over at Shutterfly. Although, I need to get some more made up. I want to see now that the Christmas rush is over, maybe the quality control will be up a little bit. But I'd like to get some Grumpy Old Ben's mugs made up and that kind of stuff that we can, uh, we can use as promos. And if people don't like the show, they can just hit somebody with the mug. Our buddy Srinivas Murti, another one. That's a monthly $10 and one cent. That is very much appreciated. Then coming in via check now as dark lady, a demon dragon. And the, what a name I know 10 bucks with the memo G O B love Dazure. And we do, we thank you for your support and listening to the show and putting up with the insanity that we throw out into the universe on a regular semi regular basis. Uh, over on Patreon, we still have Brian Janak with his ten dollar a month going here, and Stevie with his five dollar a month, and then another Raymond Zorger with five bucks, and it's all very much appreciated. And then we had some boostigrams and boosts, including Speedy Bubble, who came in with fifty thousand satoshis, which that's fairly good. What wow! Is, what is fifty thousand satoshis right now? I'd have to look that one up. I, it's but. He's Probably pretty good. Says, "Welcome back, Angry Tech News slash Fix your node boost to Grumpy Old Ben's." So <laughs> he was happy that Angry Tech News was back and wanted a way to send you some sats. And right now, the only way to get sats, unless your did your node get fixed now? Is have you liquidated I, your node?
0: I, I I am not certain that my node is fixed, but what we what he did do is I got with uh, Sir Spencer and we realized that uh, among other things, the channel that was part of my ring that I had started had been forced closed. Oh, presumably because something was broken with my node. So, um, I ended up, uh, refreshing the software on my node updating because I was about five months old and, uh, restarting. And then sir Spencer opened a new node. And for this, I am incredibly thankful to him. Uh, and I can tell you that Satoshi's are moving, but I don't know how much or if people are still getting
1: errors. Did you try turning it off and on again? I didn't
2: try that. I didn't think of that.
1: <laughs> but uh, servo, uh, did, I didn't even know we have a bot in the uh, troll room that will give you the value. Servo is a bot. He could be. He, in, uh, he, he asked a bot in the troll room. And wow. it said 2281 for the 50,000 sats, So that's cool. Very cool. Speedy bubble. And then Sir Truck Driver came in twice with 3333. The first time was a note that said, don't know when you'll be recording episode 241, but here's a boost. And he sent that like a week after we did episode 241. So I was a little confused. He I, is, I,
0: clearly, we don't know when we're going to be yes.
1: recording. It could, yeah, it could be. You know, we have to go back in time to do that one. He says he is taking a three-month break from social media, but planning to keep on boosting. That's kind of what I just did. You took a little hiatus from the social medias? I'd, from everything. He says, stay grumpy. I noticed that uh, CSB was bitching at you and then deleted his post, so you must have got under his skin on No Agenda Social. Uh-oh, what did I do? The thing that you said earlier that you're like, go to here. I love CSB, oh. but look, the guy, you don't want to give us money because you won't follow him back. Rest the well, and- is that like uh, idiocracy, uh, well, reciprocity, reciprocity,
0: yes. I, his CSB is, he doesn't use social media the same way I do, which I think is ultimately the source of the, the, the confusion here. And, and of course he has a very CSB way of, of expressing it, which causes other people to come in. But um, he, and I, I think I'm in the minority in this, but he uses social media as a, a status symbol. The more people follow you, the more important you are. Uh, and th- therefore he has this, he has the policy of, of I will only interact with you if you follow me because he wants to have the biggest follower list anywhere. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if this is, is how he weighs his importance or,
1: well, I think it's but a respect thing that if you're it might not be. following me, you're not showing the respect, so I won't interact. And, and
0: maybe that's uh, maybe that's it. But I don't use social media that way and I don't see follower I would be perfectly happy if follower counts were completely hidden. And the way that I build my follower list is this is what I want my home timeline to look like. And if I put a follow On every single person that I had respect for, then I wouldn't be able to use my home timeline because it would just be overflowing. And if I can't use that, then that's one of the reasons to come to the site that just kind of vanishes. And suddenly I kind of walk away and I don't use it as often. So in order to remain active, I need to very carefully manage the number of things that pop in. In fact, there's a couple people that have been posting nothing but youtube videos without context that are about to get unfollowed because i'm a little tired of seeing something in there that like i i don't yeah, know I don't why like you're points. putting this why are right. you putting this garbage in my feed i right. don't need what mean.
1: am i to glean at least put hey watch and, this you'll glean this
0: and i'm not going to make a big deal out of it and if if i don't follow you on social media it doesn't mean i don't like you it doesn't mean that I don't respect you. I have a lot of respect for CSB. He is, he is a little weird, but I have, but the, there's only about 50 people that post things that, and most of them don't post all the time uh, that, that I, I watch the local timeline for when I really need a fire hose of constant content that overloads my brain. But I guess I guess I'm using social media wrong because I'm not, I'm not using the follower list as a status symbol.
1: He says it's minimal reciprocity. He is listening live. I'll give him that. So we thank you, CSB.
0: And then, of course, there's always the threats of, well, you're not following, therefore no money. Okay, well, I mean, if that's how you feel, if you're not getting value from this show, I, it, it, it's, I find it interesting that uh, he, he doesn't get value from... The content of the podcast we're doing right now, the only thing that would be valuable to him would be a follow on social media, which if I were uh, an unabashed, greedy capitalist. Then I guess I could just stop doing grumpy old Ben's and just follow CSB. I'd make more money that way.
1: Possibly. And we did get a weird. I didn't get this everywhere, but they're in the telegram, a boostogram from anonymous about 54 minutes into this live show, which says. It's one, two, three, four sets. Is this a tech podcast? Question mark. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, it's it's a a life
0: podcast and occasionally a politics podcast from two people who are well versed in tech.
1: I mean, we've thought about going fully tech, but like right now, there's nothing going on in the Yeah, tech I'm world. having trouble finding content for angry tech news. Yeah. Nothing interesting it's is the, going on right now. So I
0: mean, sure, there's a lot of Stories coming out of the usual sites, but like the verge or in gadget or, but, but they suck.
1: Yeah. I mean, when things in the tech world happen, we will usually cover them. But if there's nothing going on, we have fallbacks in politics, world news, music, whatever.
0: For this show, most of the tech stories that I bring are usually where tech intersects politics or intersects the uh, other parts of life.
1: And now, when you see these things with AI and all the privacy issues, you're seeing a lot more of the overlapping of what the government's saying you can do and can't do and what you should be watching to make sure your rights don't go right down the toilet. You know, if you want to help support the show, we fully appreciate that. Just go to grumpyoldbens.com slash donate and show a little value back. We appreciate it. And then listen we always live. Appreciate it. Yeah, on Wednesdays, listen live, one p.m. central. That's what NetNet does.
2: I have a boost to Angry Tech News from yesterday. Ooh, well that means it's working. You're open, uh,
0: apparently, and a uh, in fact only one and a test boost from Sir Spencer is this thing on?
1: Then you're like, <laughs> so, no. Well,
0: given that I specifically on the last episode told people not to boost. That's quite a bit.
1: You're like, don't whatever you do, don't boost. And they're like, fuck that well, guy. Because, I'm going to boost
0: because if I know it's just going to bounce back to them, then I wasn't.
1: Gonna... Yes. And then it's just a waste of time. Yeah. It is just a waste
0: and a waste of money. Cause the only people you're paying is all of the people in between, which admittedly, if you send a boost to angry tech news, even if it bounces what you, you, you end up paying Sir Spencer as, as one of the last hops in my channel chain, and he's good for it. He deserves that. But still.
1: <laughs> I just need to get your address, put that in there, and that we see if we can forward what has come in to uh, Albie once your thing's open. Once you're liquid, that way you can have multiple. I'm, I'm not
0: I'm not liquid yet. Let me, let me dip into the whiskey
1: later. Yeah, go to do whatever Odo did to become liquid. <laughs> that was still the best Star get Trek. Him. I'm with Fuck you it. on that one.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you. you Having watched the whole thing, you understand why, when, when you asked me early on in the show, you said, which is the best Star Trek series? And I said, deep space nine, hands
2: down without any question. Like, I didn't even think about it and you understand where I'm coming from. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Quark was great.
1: I mean, I love Quark, some great characters.
2: Everything Armin Shimmerman has ever
0: done has been great. Even the really crappy stuff that was poor writing. He he just
1: he's great. He elevates it.
0: Even that even that first season next generation episode where they introduced the Ferengi and oh, right, Armin Shimmerman just, like, was one of them around, like- and they were dancing around <laughs> with the big foam noodles.
1: Yeah. That was so bad.
0: It was that the whole episode was incredibly terrible, and yet Armin Shimmerman
1: still like shines. These are some places where AI maybe could make the originals better.
0: An AI Armin Shimmerman would never work.
1: (laughs) It doesn't have the soul that you need. I tell you, you got any other stories uh, for today or? uh, Uh, I I probably shouldn't. Uh, What else do I have? Uh, That's pretty much the whole concept of the show, isn't it? I probably Uh, shouldn't. I mean, the National Labor Relations Board ruled that Google's refusal
0: to negotiate with a group of austin based contractors is illegal.
1: Wait, wait
0: to not negotiate is illegal well uh um, okay, so honestly, there's not that much to this story, but uh Google uh, via a uh, a contractor a subcontractor named cognizant um the there were a bunch of contractors this, the this has to do with a YouTube music service. And there were a bunch of people who worked for YouTube music. I guess i like, I'm not sure what you need employees for YouTube music for, I guess, uh, uh,
1: to keep the copyright going? strikes
0: on videos or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but a bunch of people who worked for YouTube music through a subcontractor Cognizant And I guess they were a bunch of, of zoomers and millennials. They got together and decided that they were going to unionize and they decided that they wanted to, they, they wanted to start dictating terms to Google. And for whatever reason, Google kind of came together and said, yeah, we're not having this conversation and refused to even talk to them. And they filed a complaint with the NLRB, the national labor relations board, who has come back and ruled that this was illegal on the part of Google. And the only interesting twist, the reason I pulled this one is uh, what what the workers were asking to do, by the way, was to join the alphabet workers union. They wanted to join a union of all the other Google employees. Um, And Google would not talk to them at all. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what conversation they wanted to have. The only thing that really jumped out at me about this one was uh, the NLRB ruled, and by the way, this is this is the kind of thing that should probably put chills down the spine of anybody who works at a big corporation and yet wants to insulate themselves from their workers by hiring subcontractors. Not that I work in any kind of position like that, but right. <clears throat> um, what what the NORB decided was that cognizant and Google co-determined the essential terms and conditions of employment of employees. And therefore, uh, the NL, as far as the NLRB is concerned, they were joint employers, which, uh, is, I mean, you know, so the, there's the one aspect of Google being a classic Silicon Valley corporation. And in general, Silicon Valley were the darlings of the world for 25 years. And never really had to care about silly little things like labor laws because who was going to sue them? And that's turning around. And and any big Silicon Valley company who has generally been perfectly happy to ignore laws like this probably ought to take heed that y- you might want to pay some more attention. But beyond that, it is common practice everywhere, especially in Silicon Valley, but in a lot of industries, to. Hire on the, the, the gig economy type thing uh, where a big company will hire a subcontractor for the purpose of effectively being a holding company for employees.
1: Right. We and not the really result is,
0: and, and what it becomes is, is a, 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 as John C. Dvorak would call it a shim so that the employees, if they decide to get up at and do something crazy like unionize, are dealing with the subcontractor, and if it get th- if things get really, really bad, then the big corporation can just jettison the subcontractor, let them go out of business without any problems. And hey, you know who cares? If, if I, I, we know that that big corporations used to jettison entire groups of employees whenever they would start making union demands back in the past, and that's kind of why we have an, L- an LRB now. And so they thought. Hey, if we use a subcontractor, then we're insulated from this because, hey, it was cognizant that it was hiring the employees, not Google. And the the NLRB, the government, came back and said, no, Google were kind of the ones who were telling you what the terms of employment were and were, you know, there hand in hand at every single step, and therefore Google is a co-employer, which is an interesting ruling that I think we could. The only reason I bring it up now is that this could this could affect a lot of Silicon Valley companies that employ subcontractors for managing their their woke employees,
2: given that woke employees are starting to demand more and more of the corporations they serve. Well, yeah, because they are owed, don't you understand? What what am I not understanding? They're all owed everything. Oh, yes.
1: They're looking for that loophole.
0: Well. I did, The entitlement generation is owed everything that they can possibly get, and a lot of things that they can't. We know it's that
1: way, it's the way it works.
0: So I don't know. Uh, you know, I there, there's at least three groups in this story: the the employees who have decided that they're tired of watching YouTube videos for shit wages and would like slightly less shit wages, and therefore decide to unionize. Uh, there's the big Silicon Valley corporation and then there's the government and there's not a single actor anywhere in this story that I have any sympathy for whatsoever. So I am having a tough time taking a side. I'm just calling out that if, if this ruling doesn't get turned around real quickly, then we could see a lot of movement in the industries of, you know, can, can you imagine what this would do to Uber?
1: Oh Yeah. Well, this, that's one of the main things with all the gig economy. It's a very weird thing when it comes down to who is really employing who. When it comes down to, well, there's just an app. Is it a bunch? Is it an app connecting a bunch of people doing working for themselves? And these things change massively. Your insurance, your benefits and all the oh, other yeah. kind of stuff. And, and I, you know, if somebody
0: demands me to come up with the solution to this, I look at it and say, well, maybe we don't attach so many aspects of our life to your job. Like maybe, maybe if you're really worried that, you know, your gig is not giving you medical insurance, maybe society should change such that medical insurance is not tied to who you work for. Right. Uh, Things like that, which you which is, you know, you can always come to me for completely unworkable solutions to problems that aren't my
1: problem. Great. Right. I've got great ideas. I mean, they'll never work, <laughs> but I've got great ideas. Exactly. That's why people come to Grumpy Old Benz, and they will again next week on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central on the Mighty No Agenda stream. I'll be here. But until then. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of shy where I am storing up on food and water. So the big blizzard don't mean nothing to me. And from America's left coast where we might have an inch or
0: two of snow, the whole world is going to come to an end. But it is now safe to turn off your computer. I'm Ryan Bemrose. <laughs>